First Timothy chapter 4. First Timothy chapter 4. I've been teaching the subject of the mind, and I again just gone from place to place, I here and there, and I keep going back to it. And today, tonight, we're going back to uh, the subject of the mind. <clears throat> and tonight, let's look at First uh, uh, Timothy chapter 4, and let's look at verse uh, 13. Look what it says there. In First Timothy chapter 4, uh, verse 13, it says, Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for your goodness, for your love, for the special description. Very narrow little verse, Lord, with so much we can take out of it, Lord. And pray tonight, Lord, may you uh, help me to preach and teach me, Lord, as I preach tonight, Lord, I need this message as much as anyone else here tonight or on social media. I just pray, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So tonight we're going to look at the subject of a complacent minds. Uh, one thing that uh, we, <clears throat> uh, in my job, uh, and talk about my job because I do work, <laughs> so one thing that we have so many sharp objects and so many things in the uh, uh, if you look at pipes, they're the color of the floor, gray. And uh, we say many times, don't be complacent. Uh, this thing comes over and over, don't be complacent. Watch your surroundings because so you don't get hurt. Well, the other day, uh, it was funny. Uh, no, that was not funny. It was a couple weeks ago. Actually, Patrick came visit me. He works in the front building, but he passed by and he visited me. And I'm talking with him, and there's come this supervisor from the other area. He's coming up. And he walked right in through this pipe. And he, he had, I mean, the pipe was at eyesight, and he hit his head so bad. Walked right into a point, he almost fell backwards. But anyway, he rolled himself, and he looks around to see if anybody saw it. <laughs> and we're just looking dead at him. They go, oh, that was not good. He didn't crack his head, but I tell you, he was scratching his head because he hit it hard. He was... They call it complacent mind. He didn't pay attention to his surroundings. Uh, uh, it, it happens when you work with machinery, for an example. You work with machinery, you get complacent. Oh, I did this a thousand times. And you, I can do this another time. And we do this. Oh, I can do this with my eyes closed. I tell you what. I, I use a table saw so many times. And the other day, I almost lost a finger on it. Uh, you're like, I did that big complacent. You know, you did so many times, you go so fast at it. You know, they use, if you look at those machines, they have a little red area right there. It that means, red means warning, right? Be careful. Be careful. Don't put your fingers there. Oh, I put my finger there, and that wood skipped on me, and I almost lost my finger on that one. And I mean, I, how many times I touched that thing? Thousands of times. Since I was a kid, I play with those things, play with toys. My dad always used to say, respect your tool. Always respect your tool, and you will never get hurt. Make sure you do it right. Make sure you pay attention to what you're doing. Complacent mind. Well, Complacency can be detrimental problem in our lives. Complacency. Actually, one of the words that is uh, dominantly used, uh, like, like I'd say my job, is complacency. Almost on every safety meeting, I'd say, that we have, the word complacency comes up. Watch your surroundings. Watch your surroundings. In my job, an average of about 10 people get hurt every week. An average. Average of, and some Less serious, some serious. Uh, my wife saw it. She would there. You see, uh, easily every day people go up 60, 80 feet high in the air 
uh, up in those stairs, you know, and uh, you have to be careful going up and down, you know, miss a step because you'd be tumbled down 60 feet all the way down. I mean, all kinds of stuff, obstacles and things. So it's a constant, you got to watch for yourself. So, so we have done, uh, uh, we have the, uh, like I said, we have done the job so many times that we can get ourselves hurt. So, well, folks, this can happen when we are, when we're driving our car. When you're driving your car so, for so many years, you, sometimes you say, I see people say, my car knows the way home. I have to be careful if I go South County. You know, if I go South County, if I don't be careful, my, God, my car makes its way to work. Because <laughs> that's the way I go. If I go to Aunt Carrie or the beaches down there, I have to be careful because the car have a tendency. You know what? It's complacent mind. It's automatic. You just do it. It's not a car doing because the car don't have a brain. It's just us. We get so complacent, you're so used to it. Uh, I remember years ago, I used to come to this side years ago. I was not even married. I, you know, I was talking with my wife and who I was talking to. I think I was talking to you. I was talking to somebody. Uh, uh, he and I found myself supposed to go south. I went north, found myself in this process. I know what I got here. Complacent mind. You are doing things without thinking. So now, listen to this. Merriam Webster says, says this. The, compli- the complacency, let me, write, let me read this thing, uh, that, about the complacency. It is a self-satisfaction, especially when, uh, 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 when uh, um, accompanied by awareness of actual danger or deficiencies. When it comes to safety, complacency can be dangerous. Now, tonight we are going to talk about a, bit, uh, a bit about the complacent mind, a mind that is taken for granted the very good word of God, and ignores the danger that surrounds it. So, folks, it goes like this. If we, come, if we become complacent with the word of God, we run the danger of beginning to be more like the world and less like Jesus. You follow that? So, now, the, the, the great reality is that both the body and the brain have a tendency to be lazy. We have that tendency. To be lazy if we don't be careful. So modern te- uh, technology allows and encourages us to put our brain into neutral and leaving, the, to, leaving that to television, internet, video games, cell phone to do the thinking for us. If we don't be careful. We have so much entertaining in our world that will entertain us to that. So... Please don't think that I have old-fashioned and I, I'm against those things because I'm not because I use all of them that I just mentioned. But I have a, I have a TV, I have a computer, I, I search the Internet, but don't really play. I don't really play video games, but not, I'm not against people who does. But let me tell you, we have to be careful with complacency. I, I said uh, uh, the sad reality for many Christians is that they can get complacent with the Word of God to the point of neglecting it and thinking that they will be, they will be okay. It is never okay, let me put it this way, for a child of God to neglect the Word of God. You follow that? It's never okay for a child of God to neglect the Word of God. Is that okay for you, miss, for you, skip, for you to skip supper tomorrow morning? I mean supper, breakfast. You say, oh, I do without breakfast. Is it okay for you to skip lunch? Oh, I can do without lunch. Is that okay for you to skip supper? Oh, I can do without. That's three meals that you, you miss right there. What about the next day? Is that okay if you don't eat again? Is okay. That's, it. Well, that's what happens to the Christian life right here. If we neglect it and neglect it, we don't feed on the Word. So, for example, in our world today, many are boasting of being broad-minded, 
but they are too lazy to think about what is right and what is wrong. So they let other people do the thinking for them. They listen and they go, it's okay. So now in Paul's second epistle to Timothy, we got some insights into the age of Paul. And at the close end, he's the, in the close end of his life here. We don't find him sitting in a lazy boy right here, neglecting and enjoying his social security and planning the next vacation trip. He's not doing that. He's not doing that. So, actually, on the contrary, his frail, uh, achy body is hindered on the corner of a cold, damp Roman prison right here, waiting for execution. And he is uh, he, he's there expecting at any moment to hear the footsteps of the executed, and you will lead him to the chopping block before Nero's throne right here. So he is, he is ready to be offered... And it is, uh, the, the, these last two letters to the, to the young Timothy will enable him uh, to carry the baton faithfully along at, uh, after Paul is gone. So Paul is trying to give him the baton to him. And as uh, he shivers uh, in the shadows of the lonely cell, he writes these words. Look at 1 Timothy 2, uh, 4.13. It says, The clock that I left at Troas uh, with Carpus, uh, uh Carpus, I'm sorry, when thou come, comest, bring with thee and the books, but especially the parchments. He says right there, see, Paul is not looking like, oh, poor me. He's not complacent. He is proactive, and he said the books. I said, bring them with thee, and especially the parchments. Don't forget those things. So, uh, he, in his dying moments, uh, either, uh, I mean, in his dying moment, either physical, mental, and spiritual, all stay together. Uh, uh, here he says, my body is cold, so bring the codes. My, my mind is weary, so bring me the books. My soul is angry, so bring me the scripture. I have, no, I have more hours to see, I have more hours to, see, uh, to use for Christ. He said, I'm in the end of it, I'm almost dying, but let me tell you, I still can do it. Wow. I still can do it. There's no time for us Christians to be lazy, to become lazy. I tell you what, we live in a world today of so much entertainment that we must be careful that we don't entertain ourselves so much that we become lazy in our thinking. Uh, and it can become easy. Listen, it is easy to sit around and be entertained all day. You know, I'm thinking when I watch TV sometimes, um, especially sports, what am I doing here sitting? I can do that too. You know, they are over there exercising their body, and we're here sitting down like couch potatoes watching these guys. I can go do something too. You know, if we think that way, we don't need much. I mean, I'm not saying that you shouldn't watch. Sometimes you need a time of relaxing. But see, hours and hours, some people spend all day Sunday watching sports. All day. I don't do that. I, I, I'm not, you know, they do, people do what they want to do. But, but I look at those people and say, I can do that. And it's good for your body as well. So, let's look at this from several points tonight. The challenge of a searching mind. Till I come, give attendance to reading. So the, ten, the, the, the challenge of a searching mind. Letter A, a sad reality. So we live in a time in society on which we have lots of entertainment, like I said. We all, uh, uh, all types of entertainment that we can get ourselves into a, into a Duncan each and use uh, our, uh, I'm sorry, our types from internet to social media, TV, uh, to movies, from sports to many other things. We have lots of entertainment. 
Nothing wrong with entertainment. Even I like to be entertained sometimes, don't get me wrong. But we must be careful that we don't come to the point that we have too much entertainment and that we don't even function right. You follow that? Don't get entertained too much that you come to a point you don't even function right. For example, when it comes to the Word of God, the Bible, uh, Bible experts have said these words, and I quote, We have created many forms of Bible translations in order for people to read it. We put Bible on iPhones, iPads, special, special apps, computers, and many other forms of electronic devices to be accessible to people. And the sad result is that people are, more, uh, are not taking advantage of it. They continue, uh, they continue, and I quote, The Word of God, the Bible, has been neglected by this generation. Statistics shows that an American spend more money uh, uh, actually on chewing gum than buying books. But while reading is important, what, we, what you read is far more important. The information highway is clotted with garbage and debris that is uh, detouring many from God today and from God's destination for them. So, we begin to read information in this internet, in those things, and we take it as true, and we, don't, we forget to read God's Word, the Bible, and we begin, we saturate our minds because somebody entertained us with all falls of errors, and we don't dare go to the Word of God to see if they're telling the truth. And the result is, they deviate from the Word of God, they deviate from God. And they get corrupt in their minds. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful what kind of the, uh, internet sites that you're searching to because you can get easily persuaded. Easily persuaded. And I'm saying this because I love you. And I don't want you to be persuaded by arrows out there. Stick with the Bible. Stick with the Word of God. Read it. Study and get a good Bible commentary if you need to, a good Bible dictionary explaining those words that you don't understand. Call your pastor when you have a, a, a question about asking. You know, I give you people that I say, these are good people to listen to or watch to. Be careful because it easily will persuade you. And I tell you what, I go to the Internet, I say, there's a lot of garbage in there. Don't take everything you read on the Internet as reality and truth. Men put those things there. All right? So, I'm amazed of how a number uh, uh, with the wisdom of men and how bored people think they are. Uh, 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 I'm sorry. I'm amazed at how much people are, uh, are in love with the wisdom of man and neglect the wisdom of God today. It amazes me that they're more interested in what men say than what God says. We are all ears to, to the talking of stations like ESPN or Fox News or some other station on TV. But when a pastor stands to read scripture, some minds wonder. Others say, I heard this before. Wow. One time I was in a meeting as a deacon. And one of our brothers was going to teach our Bible prophecy. He was going to have a prophecy conference. And you know who he is. Love him to that. And one of those deacons says, Oh, we're going to have another Bible prophecy. It's the same thing all the time. I look at him, I said, You're kidding me, right? You're really kidding me. It's God's Word. Should we look at, should look at with anticipation because 
We need to remind, be reminded that Jesus is coming again. So look what it says in 1 Corinthians 1.19. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. You see, 1 Corinthians 1.20 says, Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Had not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? So what people said, say, we are listening to the wisdom of man these days, then we are listening to the wisdom of God. We become complacent in our minds, thinking that it's okay, because I know a couple of verses. Oh, no, 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 because we are easy to forget. Don't be complacent. I'm going to read something that was found written in the, in the life, in a, in a flyleaf of evangelist Billy Sunday after he died. Look what it says. 29 years ago, with the Holy Spirit as my guide, I enter at the por uh, portfolio of Genesis, walk down the carry of Old Testament art galleries with, with pictures of Noah, Abraham, Moses, Joseph, Isaac, Jacob, and Daniel hung on the wall. I pass into the music room of Psalms with the spirit, where the Spirit sweeps uh, the keyboard of nature until I, it seems that every reed and every pipe in God's great organ responds to the harp of David, the sweet singer of Israel. I enter the chamber of Ecclesiastes where the voice of the preacher is, uh, is heard into, into the conservatory of shadow and the lily of the valley with sweet spices fill and perfume my life. I entered the business, of, uh, business office of Proverbs and into the observatory of the prophets where I saw telescopes of very, various sizes pointing so far of events concentrating on the bright and morning star which, uh, which do rise above the, uh, the moonlit hills of Judea from our salvation and redemption. I entered in the, audi in the audience room of the King of Kings catching a vision written by Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John Dancing to the uh, correspondent room with Paul, Peter, James, and John writing the epistles. I step into the throne, room of revelation, with towers, uh, the glittering uh, peaks, where, sit in the, uh, where sits the king of kings upon his throne of glory with the healing of the nations in his hand. And I cry out, O oh, hail the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the royal diamond. And crown him Lord of all. I wonder, does this describe your Bible reading when you read your Bible? Or did you just check? And I said I did my reading. Listen, God's word is rich. Powerful. Enough to guide us and to transform us. But we have to look at those books and read with enthusiasm. And say God's word never, never goes me wrong and never does me wrong. If we get complacent with God's word and say, oh, I don't need to read it today, i read it next week, and the next week go by, another week go by, and we say, I'm okay. Complacent minds. And the world begins to sink in and sink in and sink in. Wonder why many people leave churches? Wonder why many people neglect their Bibles? They got complacent. Let it be a positive approach. Look, it says in verse 15 of our text there, 2 Timothy, it says, Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman, man, a workman, uh, workman that, is not, that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, searching the scriptures. That's John 5, 39. 
uh, for in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. So folks, there's no denial that we live in a society on which entertainment is a spiritual problem. I'm like, wow, right, yeah, Pastor, I think you're wrong. I don't think I'm wrong. Entertainment has become a spiritual problem. People look at more entertainment than they look at the Word of God. What was the days when God's people spent all day in church? What happened to those days? What happened to the days of Acts where people used to meet from house to house daily? What happened to those days? We meet twice a week and we think it's too much. So today we live in a day that most churches don't have evening service. Most churches don't even meet together in, in Wednesday night, in the middle of the week, whatever day it is. So they have these groups now. Well, with all, I mean, that's what they want to do. Let them do it. Okay. But what about the body meets the meeting together? So we began to do those things. A positive approach. What's the positive approach? God's word is important. A problem is in the sense that we have our minds so occupied that we forget what is more important many times. Listen, please. The reading and study of Scripture is a must and we, if we want to grow spiritually. Otherwise, you will grow in the ways of the world. It's either way. Actually, God commands us to study, to show ourselves approved unto God. Jesus reinforces this command in His Word, says, Search the Scriptures. Jesus commands us, go and search the Scriptures. I mean, actually, when Jesus said that, He was not talking about the New Testament. He was talking about the Old Testament. There he goes for those who say the God of the Old Testament was too bloody. Really? Too judgmental. Too cold. Really? Jesus said, go search the Scriptures there. You know what? Folks, the important thing is that we have, a, we have to have a balanced life so we can make time for God with, and for our daily life, routine of life as well. We have to have a balanced life. I know that all of us here are busy people. I know, we're busy people. That we have, our, we have schedules uh, or schedule to the max, but we can afford, we can't afford to neglect God in His words. Especially in this world that we live in, that's so intellectual, so much social media, so much entertainment. You find yourself spending uh, one hour on, so, uh, on social media like, just like that, and you go, oh goodness, I've been this long in here. It can happen to any of us. And we, we, we miss, like, I should have been did, do this, I should have been done that. You know what? We get complacent many times. Get this. Even in, with our business, we make time for everything in life. We don't make time for the Lord. I put it like this. How many Christians tonight are purposely are watching football instead of being in God's house praising the Lord and worshiping Him? Many people. Many. Listen, please. If you are a child of God here tonight, the reading of Scripture, study, and meditation is not optional. It is a command. We are commanded to be students of the Word of God. We Christians should know the words of our Father more than anybody else. We should know the ins and outs of our Father more than anybody else. He is our Heavenly Father, isn't He? 
So we should know the character of our father. We should know when, he's, when we says, he says, uh, uh, do it or don't do it. We should know what he, what he stands for, what he's not standing for. We should know everything about our heavenly father. More than anybody else. So when people say something about our father, we say, no, no, no. You don't understand. My father doesn't say that. My father doesn't say that. I know what my father says. You know what? But we need to be students of the word of God. We are commanded to search the scriptures so we can know our God in a more personal way. And we can learn how to live the Christian life the way God wants us to live. Not the way we want, the way God wants us to live. So the preaching and the teaching of God's word is a vital ingredient for us to be more like Jesus. The study, the reading, the memorization of scripture is vital for us to know our God and to be more and more like Jesus. Is Sunday school important? Yes. Is morning service important? Yes. Is Sunday night important? Yes. Is Wednesday night important? Yes. It is the reading of Scripture important? Yes. Is your devotional time important? Absolutely. Is your, your memorization important? Yes. You say, Pastor, I c- cannot memorize. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Anyone can memorize a verse. The gems of Scripture are all found on the surface. We must be minded by a diligent search. Lucas says in Proverbs 2, 1, My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee. Verse 2 says, So that thou incline thine ear into my wisdom and apply thy heart into understanding. Yea, if thou cry after knowledge and lift up thy voice for understanding. If thou, uh, uh, seek, if thou seekest her as silver and search it Search it for her as for hit, hidden treasures. Thou shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. So we see the challenge of a searching mind. Number two, the challenge of a stirred mind. Logos says, shall I come and give attendance to read it to exhortation. The word most often translated exhort uh, or exhortation comes from the Greek word there, uh, uh, paraklesis. paraklesis which means to call one aside, to summon, encourage, and admonish and entreat. The word is to develop relationships with other believers for the purpose of encouraging them in their spiritual growth. So part of Timothy's job as a young pastor was to encourage and admonish within this flock. Let me see. Let me put it like this. You see, God holds pastors responsible for the spiritual well-being of those in their care, and exhortation is part of keeping them, them their spiritual health. I have a responsibility to feed the Word of God to you. That's my responsibility as a pastor. And I don't want to fail on that. I take that very serious. God's Word, God tells me that I have to feed you the Word of God. And you know what? You have to be the recipients of the Word of God. You ought to say, Lord, I want to hear it. I, uh, you know, I had a conversation with one person that's not coming to church for a long time. And uh, I, I just tell him, I told him, I said, listen. I said, oh, yeah, I need to learn those things about God. I said, I cannot teach you if you're not there. I cannot feed you the word of God if you're not there. Look what it says there. In Hebrews 17, uh, 13, 17, Obey them, they have rule over you, and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls, as they that must uh, give an account, that they must do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. 
See, is a great responsibility here in this verse. And God commands us to obey those who have rule over us. He's talking about pastors here. So you see, it is my job, my call, my duty to make sure that, that I'm feeding you the Word of God so that you will grow spiritually, to make sure that you are walking in the right path, that you are living in obedience to the Lord. It is my responsibility to exhort you, to encourage you, to walk in the ways of the Lord. Why? Because I am going to give an account to God for the way I took care of His sheep. You know, it is my responsibility. No, what you do with the Word of God when you receive it, that's your responsibility. You follow that? I give the word out. I preach the word out. But how you receive it, when you receive it, and what you do with it, that's your responsibility. Not mine. The food's going out. Are you eating it? Letter A, the stirring of exhortation. It says, it says verse 13, I will come and give attendance to exhortations. So the faithful preaching and teaching of God's word is designed to stir our minds. It is designed to convict the heart and make the mind think. It is designed to make us proactively uh, and to react to it. The Apostle Peter wrote as a second epistle with this thing, with this purpose. He says in 2 Timothy 3, 1, it says, The second epistle, Beloved, I know right unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. So the preaching of God's Word, the teaching of God's Word is designed to stir our minds. So we can best understand the Word of God, so we can challenge our heart, so we can become better people, better uh, citizens, uh, upright, uh, you know, and live right for the Lord. Peter's audience had heard the truth many times before, but this was his desire to keep preaching so that their minds would be established in truth. Folks, it is dangerous if we come to a point in our Christian life which we say, I heard enough preaching. I learned all that I needed to learn about God and the Bible. Listen, it is possible for a Christian to become so complacent that they walk, the, uh, with their walk, that they begin to think that way. I heard it all. If I don't go to church, I don't miss much because I know, I know more than the pastor knows. They become, we become complacent in our minds. Let me tell you, we need to be reminded constantly about the things of the Word of God because we easy, easily forget about them. It is easy for us. Well, our, our sinful nature is has such a grip on us that causes us to forget those things easily. How many times you walk with the glasses in your hands and you say, what is my world in my glasses? <laughs> and you walk everywhere, all over the place, and you so complacent in your mind and you realize they're in your hands. What about when they're in your face and you're looking for them? You go, where in the world's my glasses? And you're walking all over the place and you're so complacent. Your mind is so full of things that, oh, you have to go to the mirror and look, oh, <laughs> they're right here in my eyes. I've done that. <laughs> right, Robert? And then some. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> So it is we get, we get so complacent that we forgot to forget about those things. That's why it is important to be reminded. I praise the Lord for my mother. My mother used to say the same thing to me a lot of times. As mom, I already heard this preaching. And she goes, I know you did, but I'm going to tell you again. And again. And again. It's like, oh, good night, mom. <laughs> so, 
So the Bible is a book that is good for every age. So the more, uh, so more than likely, you and I will never hear, heard, or read enough of the Bible. We never heard enough. We always something we can learn from it. How many times I'm sitting listening to a, a preacher preaches and I go, oh, how many times I heard that passage, passage in the scripture? I read many times. How could God never told me that? <laughs> that was a good message. Oh, good, I never get that. Let me take some points here. <laughs> oh, goodness. Let it be. Uh, the, uh, the seduction of elapsing. Uh, so today people think they have killed the fatted cat and they go, if they go to church on Sunday morning. Some even think that they, they, uh, they do God a favor by going to church. Hey, God, I went to church today. Huh? <laughs> Let me give you a high five. You know? They think, you know, God is jumping for joy because, of course, the heavens are rejoicing. But, I mean, to think that we do God a favor by going to church, give me a break. Some even think that they're really doing the past and the deacons a really good favor by going to church. Hey, I went to your church. That's not my church, it's our church. What are you talking about? So, folks, for sure heaven rejoices when we come to church. For sure God is pleased when we obediently go to His house. For sure even the have a pastor rejoices when they see you come in. Actually, I, I love when you come in. And I can't have to tell you that, uh, that when you come in, I rejoice with you. But to be honest, with you, uh, the one who lo loses the most is the one who don't come. Because you're not feeding on the Word of God. Let me be honest with you tonight. I've been coming to church regularly since I got saved. And from time to time I learned, uh, I, uh, I learned uh, that uh, uh, at, at church, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, at church and reading my, my Bible is that, is that Bible reading, Bible study, and Bible memories is vitally important, important for the health and growth of the believers. So the church is a great place for encouragement and fellowship for, with other believers. The church is a great place for our spiritual growth and to make Christian friends. It is, where, it is in this place that we together praise and worship our great Savior. Folks, as we study our Bible, especially in the New Testament, uh, the New Testament book of Acts, we, we see busy people just like me and you meeting together with each other every day from house to house. I'm not saying that we are going to do that every day. I wish we could. But let me tell you, it is in God's house that we do so. What happened to Christianity? What happened to the faith of God's people? What happened about putting God first? I mean, uh, am I preaching to the choir tonight? I mean, you, you know, there are faithful folks that come, and there's a blessing. But I tell you what, I don't know who's listening or watching online. It just goes throughout the world. I don't know. But I tell you what, what happened to Christianity? We got so, so complacent that we neglecting the Word of God. We got so complacent that we think we arrived. We got so complacent in our minds that it's not that important. We think it's not that important to read God's Word. We got so complacent that we think the ways of the world is better. That's a dangerous place to be. It's like getting, you know, go, go to a, a table saw with a blade on and put blinders in your eyes and put a board in, cut it, and think you're going to be okay. And in the end, you know, you lose like five or six fingers in two seconds. Talking about complacent, I know I saw a, a guy on TV one time. Uh, I was talking about, was, I think the show was Doctors, whatever that show was. I like to see those surgeries, you know, all those things. It gets me very into it. 
And this guy goes, <laughs> uh, he went to you in the ER and, and he had one hand uh, uh, all, all, all wrapped up and he says, uh, uh, and he says, what happened to you? And he goes, um, oh, well, uh, he put my hand in my, snow, in my snowblower because it was, uh, it was not working. So I put my hand in there to clean it up. He said, you put your hand in there. You didn't know what was going to Oh, I thought, you know, I did so many times. Now I have, you know, just a regular thing. He lost four fingers out of his hand. Why? He didn't learn his lesson. Now he puts his hand out of the hand up and he has another wrapped hand. And the guy said, what happened to this hand? Well, you know, uh, I got clogged again and I just went and cleaned the thing. Uh, do you ever use the, the other hand? Yeah, I did so many times. He put the other hand, lost the other, all the other fingers in his hand. So yeah, two fingers left in the whole hands, in the two hands. I, can you believe that? Being complacent. You know, I did so many times, it's okay. When we neglect the Bible so many times, guess what happens? We walk out of church. We walk out of everything. We forget God. So what happened to Christianity? What happened to the faith of God's people? What happened about putting God's first? I understand there are situations uh, of people uh, with health issues, with work issues, and some other things in life to prevent us from being in the house of God. I understand that. The Lord understands that, too. What I'm talking about here is if we purposely purposely get so complacent in our minds that we think that God's word is not that important anymore. Folks, that's a sad tragedy. Maybe that's why the early church was seeing a constant revival and we do not. Because they were not complacent. They were enthusiastic for the things of God. There was man that once told, a man that once told, told me what the preacher wants is for me to be at church every time the doors are open. I don't have time for that. That is a sad statement for a Christian to make, isn't it? What the preacher wants me for me to be there every time the doors are open. Uh, so I can make him feel good. That's a sad statement to make for a Christian to make. It is true that the pastor wants you to be there. Yes, that is true. That is true that the pastor wants you to grow spiritually. Absolutely. But we don't go to church because the pastor wants you to be there. We go to church because God commands us to go there. Here's the difference. Why do you think I'm here tonight? Because God told me to go there. Don't you know I'm preaching to you and I'm preaching to myself as well? I need to hear the word of God as well. Folks, I go to church too. I don't come to impress the pastor. I don't, I don't go because the pastor told me to, that he wants me to be there. I come to church tonight because the Lord commands me to be there. And in obedience, that's what I do. I understand, like I say, folks, I understand that sometimes work schedules. I understand that. I, prefer, I understand sickness. I understand problems in life happens. Emergencies happen. But when we get so complacent that we purposely neglect it because we think we're okay, we are lying to ourselves. It's like going to the, to the table saw again, like I said, and said, well, I can cut this with my eyes closed and I'll be fine. Really? There goes your fingers. Look what it says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. Not, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as the men of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. So we say, well, churches are closing their service. They don't have service on Sunday night. They don't have it in the middle of the week. You know, well, how people are going to go there? You know why they don't have service in those weeks, in those days? Because people don't come to church. That's the problem. I say to you folks, 
I will have service even if it's me and my wife. We will keep on coming. Even if it's me and her, we will keep, I will preach to her. <laughs> As I'm committed to do it, and I'm doing it, because God commanded me to go to church. Look what it says in Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 13. My people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed them out cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. The wisdom of this world is like a broken cistern. It just keeps going. But the wisdom of God goes on, goes on, and goes on. The parking lots of stadiums, movie houses, bars, and shopping malls are packed daily, and we fill our lives with all that we, that the, that, uh, I'm sorry, the wealth of the world has to offer, while there are pews at the front of the church that have not been set for years. No wonder some people's minds resemble many times cesspools, the way they talk, the way they behave, than fountains of truth. Some say, I don't like preaching. It makes me uncomfortable. It should. It should. Listen, it's not about the person behind me. It's my, me, oh Lord. It's me, oh Lord. That needs to hear it. The preaching is designed by God to stir the minds. To stir our minds. For us to get away with those things that shouldn't be there, the impurities, and should be there, and to, to stir our minds to the things of God. God's Word com confronts the, dis the distress, but, but also distresses the, un the, the comfortable. Let me put it this way. I, said, uh, I, I hear some people say, oh, it's uncomfortable. I don't, I don't like to be at church because it makes me uncomfortable. Why? Because the preacher preaching the truth? Look what it says in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12. Go there, actually. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12. And verse 13. Let's look what it says. Hebrews 3, 12 and 13. I, I'll wait for you to get there. Look what it says there. It says, you got there? Okay, it says, take heed. Or listen up. Take heed. Listen up, brethren. Least there be any of you an evil heart of unbelief in the pardon from the living God. But look what it says. Like verse 13. But exhort one another daily while it's called today. Least any of you be hardened through the deceit, deceitfulness of sin. You see that? God says, take heed. And he says, but exhort one another. Listen up and exhort one another. Isn't that good for us in the house of the Lord to lift each other up, to exhort each other up for the things of the Lord? If we get too complacent with our minds, we forget those things. So in the, wor in the world that, that daily numbs our minds and, um, and to unbelieving lies, we need the exhortation of God's word to steer up to the truth. So number three, the challenge of a sound mind. I'm almost done. The influence of the Spirit of God is required to produce a genuine sound mind on the believer's life. The sound mind Paul speaks is a mind under the control of the Holy Spirit of God. Having a sound mind requires a thought process based on the wisdom and clarity that God imparts rather than being manipulated by fear. So letter A, the order of a sound mind. Look, go to, go to 2 Timothy 1.6. In verse in one, in, in, in 7, it says, Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that, that, that thou stir up the gift uh, of God which is in thee by the burning 
uh, of, uh, I'm sorry, on, on, on of my hands. For God not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of what? Sound mind. So how are we going to have a sound mind? Timothy says, till I come, give attendance to the doctrine. So Paul exhorts Timothy to stir up the gift, which is in thee, says. Then in the next verse, reminds him that God is not giving us the spirit of fear. We should not be fearful. We should be people of, uh, uh, of sound mind. Our mind, if we deviate, if we get so, uh, 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 think, put the things of the world in our mind, we, we begin to have the fears of this world in our mind. And God says, I want you to have a sound mind. A mind that, that searches the scripture and is constantly stirred up through the preaching of those uh, of scripture. That's how we get a sound mind. So Timothy, uh, today as Timothy, uh, Timothy's day, fear is a driven force in the world. You know our world today is a, in a state of fear. Anything is fear. People have a fear of this. People have fear of this. People have fear of that. It is amazing. Why should we live in fear when we can live with a sound mind? You know, that's when, when complacent comes about, when we get so complacent with the Word of God that we forget what the Word of God says. A healthy mind is, is, is likely uh, uh, to our attitude and outlook, and outlook as believers. A sound mind is not to overly concern with the cares and problems of this life. We even know we're dealing with problems, we circumstances of life. Our mind is focused on God and we learn from His Word daily so we can stir our lives to live a life that glorifies Him. So a sound mind is alert and sober, focused on the eternal hope we have in Jesus Christ. A sound mind recognizes who we are in Christ and does not depend on the wisdom of, of I'm sorry, on human wisdom and, and strength. A sound mind is guided through prayer and purity. Look, go to Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. We're almost done. Philippians 4, verse 6. Look what it says. Actually, look, uh, 6, 7, and 8. Look what it says. Be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, be with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And look what it says. When you do that, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. How we get that? And look what it says. And finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, Whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, look what it says, think on these things. Don't be too complacent that you neglect the Word of God to sustain you through life, through everyday life. A sound mind establish our entire inner world. When Paul says God has given us the spirit of a sound mind or self-control, discipline, and sound judgment, it does not mean that we are able uh, uh, that uh, uh, it, it doesn't mean well be able to train harder, eat better, study more. Paul recognized that God's spirit yields obedience, living right, and moral judgment. So let it be the obedience of a sound mind. People don't go through life seeking peace and contentment. I'm sorry, people go through life, I put, take that back, uh, seeking peace and contentment. The thing is, we don't find peace and contentment in the things of this world as much we think we do. I live in the world for many years. I know what the world offers. In the end of the day, you find yourself empty and you want more. 
and you find yourself empty and you want more. And you don't know what the empty is. So I'm searching for something. I'm not satisfied. So we go. For, we try this thing. We try this thing. We try this thing. We try this thing. And you say, Pastor, is that true? Yes, I've been there. You try this thing. You try this thing. And you, end, and you come to over here and he's like, I'm, I'm not satisfied. What is missing in my life? You know, that, that's the problem of many people in our world. They're getting this thing, this thing, and this thing. They're trying to, they're trying to fill a void that only God can fill. And we Christians, we must be careful. We don't have to complacent that we forget the joy and contentment that we have in the Lord. The obedience of a son's mind. People go from party to party and weekend to weekend they are, and they are left empty with craving for more of that which never satisfies. There's an emptiness inside their hearts and minds. They are craving for which they are trying to fill up, but they don't know how. You know how you fill that void? Put Jesus there. Put Jesus there. What about us Christians? Learn to be content. Whatever you want in life, to be content. As a pastor, that's a hard thing to do. No, it's not. Believe me, it is not a hard thing to do. You can have nothing and be content. You can have lots of things and be dissatisfied. It's a state of mind. It's over here. I know many people don't have much. They're content. And I know people that have a lot and they're not content. They want more and they want more. Some people have a lot and they're content. They're satisfied. Some people have little. They're content. It's all here in the mind. An obedience of a sound mind. I conclude with this. Don't let your mind become complacent. A complacent mind can't be a cause, can be a cause for disaster. You may never get complacent with, may we never get complacent with our walk with the Lord. May we never get complacent with our Bible reading. May we never get complacent with, uh, with uh, serving the Lord. May we never get complacent see serving others. May we never be, uh, get complacent in our, in our Christian walk. Look what uh, the Bible says in Matthew 5, 6. Blessed are they who do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Don't be complacent, because it is easy to get that way. I've done this so many times. I've read my Bible 30 times. I don't need to read anymore. I already know everything about it. I don't need to hear that preach anymore. I, it can't teach me anything else. It's a complacent mind. Maybe we have a mind always willing to learn. Always willing to learn the Word of God. Always willing. Always, it's always something that God can tell us. And, in, in a while, and they need to be reminded over and over again of the ways of the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for your Word. May we never be complacent in our walk with you. May we never take it for granted that we have a Bible or we have many Bibles in the home. May we never be so complacent that our Bible becomes a decoration piece in the house. May we never be so complacent that we don't even open up and read it. Lord, may we always be enthusiastic, always looking forward for spiritual food, Lord, each and every day. May we never, Lord, be complacent when I, when I walk with you and neglect you. Lord, help us, Lord, each day because it's easy for us to get that way. 
Lord, there's so much entertainment in our world. It's easy to entertain our mind with other things, not with the things of God. Help us, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.